Part of being involved with an ever-changing enterprise is being willing to be ever-changing yourself. It's something the military pushes us to do from the moment we raise our right hands and join. We're going to need you to change who you are as an individual to become something more to fit into this dynamic machine. We're going to pay you to learn a skill or trade and over time become experts in that skill or trade. And along the way, push the boundaries on what you're comfortable with in a good way, of course. Whether it's additional training, deployments, new mission sets, it doesn't really matter. You're going to step outside your comfort zone at some point during your career. And the goal? To become, well, to simply put it, more. I'm Master Sergeant Andy Sinclair, and this is episode 57 of the Maniac Radio Show. Along the way during your career, you'll meet new people, see new things, become someone else. And with time, we learn to welcome that change and even anticipate it. But that takes time. But I think the hardest part is that initial step, that leap of faith. As you'll hear in the following interview, a leap of faith is almost always nerve-wracking at first. But just like any deployment, sometimes the hardest part is the journey getting there. And once you're settled and surround yourself with people who have done it before, you hit your groove. And the rest, as they say, is history. Uh, Long overdue, but Major Richley, you are the, and correct me if I'm wrong, you are the LEO for Montenegro? I am... Yeah, I'm the bilateral affairs officer. Okay, all right, that sounds <laughs> big way, word. That sounds way better than LEO. Uh, so I'm glad you, glad you corrected me on that. Uh, that's that's amazing. So how how long have you been over there? Uh, a year and two months now. We uh, we came over here the first week of August in 2020. And I, rem- I remember, I th- and I think um, if I remember correctly, it was kind of a you were you were going to be there a little bit earlier than that right but maybe maybe covid had a, had a hindrance on that i can't remember what that whole story there was. there were all sorts of things yeah i mean trying to move internationally during covid i mean you knew like we knew it was going to be a huge headache but um actually i think that the craziest thing was the u.s passport office closed down during covid i don't even think they had a, officially reopened yet in august um, and, and the embassy was telling us we needed our diplomatic passports to travel, but the passport office wasn't creating any. So yeah. <laughs> it was the hugest, hugest headache. Yeah. You know, I kind of, you know, it's probably not even remotely on the same playing field, but when I come into work and I want to just stop and grab an iced coffee, but I can't because, uh, because COVID has, you know, put restrictions on the local Dunkin' Donuts. But it's a, it's, a, it's amazing though how it's affected everything. Everything as small as that, all the way up to your your case, and it's wild. Yeah, definitely. Although I do have to say, ice or to go coffees of any kind is one of the things I miss the most about the United States. You don't have there's First nothing problem. Nothing like that over there. There are no to go coffees. No. Why is that? Is it? Is yeah. It, it's just a European thing. So cafe culture is a very important part of their culture. So you go and you go to a cafe for an hour or two hours or three hours, and that's where you conduct the business. And so it's they, there's no need. Why would you eat on the go? Why would you drink a coffee on the go? They just don't understand that concept. Now I wonder, you know, this is way off topic, but now that we're on it, um, I, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if that has something to do with like, you know, it, the perception having, you know, been deployed and seeing the perception of how on Americans, you know, that we are go, go, go. And that we're always right moving to the next thing and, and not stopping. And it, uh, what's the phrase uh, taking time to smell the roses type of thing. Um, yeah. And it, it's actually, I mean, it, random people will just stop me and talk to me about it, you know, and, and they'll be asking me questions like, why does America, operate like that we just don't understand and um it's been it's been fun for me because i've had to actually think about it and you know so obviously i still work a ton and we still go at a much higher pace than you know our neighbors but 
it's nice to kind of appreciate, oh, you know, a little white space in your schedule is a good thing. And I mean, I, I think COVID kind of taught all of us that, but yeah. seeing a culture emulate it on the day to day has been really eye-opening and helps. Yeah. Yeah. Especially given your, your situation where you, you and your family kind of, you know, uprooted everything that you were accustomed to here, you know, to take this awesome opportunity and, and, and experience and, and really expand your Yeah. Like your professional career. development. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's the word. Yeah, yeah. There we go. That's what I meant. <laughs> that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's funny because I, I was even just talking to General Farnham about this, you know, saying that, this is a huge, you know, we, it's kind of viewed as a broadening assignment, you know, oh, just, you know, stop doing what you normally do, you know, in your AFSC and mm -hmm. do something a little different um, than what you usually do in the military. And, but this is just a huge, this is like a 180 from what I normally do. So it's been a huge learning curve. Um, so, but, but a really fantastic, I, I think it's kind of helped me see what we as the, right because when you're a, a soldier or an airman you're just you're doing what you're told and you see what your small little piece of the pie is the mission but mm -hmm. this i mean i talk global mission on a regular basis um and it's so you kind of see more of the whole picture i think it's been fascinating well okay so that that's a good that brings up a good point um so your can you can you talk a little bit about your background because i've i've heard you tell this and i've talked to you about it but i want everybody to kind of hear what who you are where you're from and how you kind of started off yeah um so i've uh, always been an engineer so i have an <laughs> engineering degree from college and then uh, from there went right into the army active duty the active duty engineer jumping out of planes repairing runways and, and that was really awesome but it was also really, really time consuming and exhausting. So um, we wanted to start a family. So then we moved to Maine. I joined the Army Guard there as an engineer for two years and then switched over to the Air Guard um, as of 2017. So I've been with the Air Guard as an engineer for almost five years now, which has been really, really awesome opportunity in, in Bangor at the air base. And um, then got the opportunity, uh, oh gosh, almost two years ago to apply and interview for this position that now brought me to live in Montenegro for, uh, when I'm done, it will have been a three-year tour. Wow. And so, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but your, your job now is not in any way, shape or form engineering right exactly yep exactly although it's been really fun um i i obviously i'm still passionate about engineering so we do have a a joint montenegrin main engineer project uh that will hopefully hopefully happen in this upcoming april so really looking forward to it the mainers, uh, the main engineers have designed, you know, they've done electrical designs and structural designs and uh, all this. So um, hoping, hoping to actually get it done together. Very excited. That's pretty cool. What, so what was the, when you actually got hired and, and, and finally made it over there, what was, I mean, it, I, you know, I, again, the only thing I could probably, probably relate it to is when you, you know, you head overseas and, and you deploy like you, it, it's that uncertain for me personally, like Andy Sinclair, like that is the worst part is actually, is actually getting there and traveling. And then maybe like the first week or so, like yes. getting your grounds, yes. realizing there's no to go coffee, figuring out where you work, um, <laughs> figuring out where the child hall is, that kind of stuff. But I would imagine it's something similar, right? Yeah, definitely. So the process to get here was, um, I think as we already touched on, it was super difficult. Um, I, I'm married and my husband and I have three girls. Um, and when we came over here, they were ages uh, two, five, and six. So, um, right. I mean, I, and of course, as a mom, half, half of your concern is how is my two-year-old going to manage like a 13-hour flight or, right. or whatever it is. Yeah. I've already blocked it out. <laughs> you know, how can two-year-olds do anything in public? Never mind an 11-hour flight. But um so, you know, it's just all those silly little things. So some of our stuff um, is in storage because they, they, you know, they don't ship all of your things. So most of our furniture is still in Maine in storage. Um, 
And then, um, and then they ship a lot of our things over, including one of our cars. So here we are wow. driving around our uh, minivan. And honestly, those were our biggest questions too. Like, what does everyday normal family life look like here? And um, they, the embassy uh, leases out homes around the whole city. So I'm currently looking out of my window and I can see the, the Montenegrin mountains in the background. And I'm looking at an empty lot and there are sheep actually grazing wow. <laughs> on the empty lot next to our house. So yeah, I have a ton of neighbors. Uh, we all know each other. Most of them don't speak any English, but um, we have a couple who speak English. We chat and our kids will play with the other neighborhood kids. And it's a, uh, yeah, it's a very real, like in, in the economy experience. It's, it's super fun. That's awesome. Uh, that's, that's really cool. And I've, I've, uh, I haven't had the opportunity to go, um, over to Montenegro, but my, my brother has with, with calm and, um, the, the stories that he tells and the, just the cultural experiences that he experienced those couple of weeks that he was there. Um, he, he, uh, he, he, you know, speaks very highly of it, but that, that's, that's really neat. That's, that's a cool opportunity. I mean, the, again, though, I mean, just like I said, with actually getting over there for you and your family to agree to take that leap of faith and, oh yeah, and jumping outside your, your comfort zone, which, you know, no pun intended, but you having been, um, in your prior, in your prior, in your prior career field, you know, you got your, your, right. I get you're used to it. And especially being active duty, having to maybe, maybe PCS yeah. in a couple of years, that's probably no, nothing. And I think guys, that's but. what helped. Yeah, sorry to cut you off, but I think that's what helped my husband. Um, but, you know, he was all about it too. I remember they had an info session. It was January 2019. And I was like, man, this Montenegro job sounds so cool, but you know, it's kind of crazy. You know, not you know, moving our kids over. You know, what is the medical situation? And this was pre-COVID, right? You're still thinking about like, what's the medical? You know, what yeah. if we get Thick. Yeah, we can have a ton of little kids. That's what you're always thinking about. Yeah. And uh, it's like, oh, okay. And he's like, Sherman, no, that sounds so cool. Go to the info session. And it was it was really fun, actually. We um, we he helped me study up and research for the interview. Uh, like he probably did as much uh, interview research as, yeah. as I did. I mean, he and I would sit there at night scrolling through, you know, articles of Wikipedia and renting books from the, the library, um, on Montenegro. And there are very few actually written in English. Um, oh, wow. so it was, it was super interesting. Uh, so he, he was all about it. And of course our girls, um, were small enough that we say, Hey, we're moving. They say, okay. Right. Um, but they love it. They're actually at an international school here. Hmm. So, uh, it's really, really interesting uh, for them. Although again, they're really little, so they don't, they, I don't think they fully appreciate right. what a crazy experience they're having. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we, we just, we're, we're up for an adventure and, and this has definitely been one. That's awesome. And, you know, even though they might be, you know, young enough where they may not appreciate it as if, as if they were like, you know, in high school or say even college or whatever, but, um, that's to experience that, you know, I know my four-year-old, um, he's very artsy and very, um, loves, loves projects and loves to learn and, 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 uh, likes to hear about stories of places that I've been. And, and, you know, as, in a, as you know, like as he gets older, like he, he starts being more intuitive and inquisitive, I guess, on what, you know, yeah. hey dad, where have you been? Hey, oh, that's cool. Where's Israel? Or hey, where's California? Or whatever, wherever you've been. And you said your oldest is six, right? Yeah, she just turned seven. So, but but yeah, just like as you said. So, I mean, we we did a ton of you know, hey girls, here's America, here's Europe, here's the Balkan region, here's where Montenegro. You know, all you know, this right? They're little kids, so mm. we, that's kind of the level that we prepped them. And you think they get it, but then uh, it was so funny. My daughter was telling me that her friend uh, speaks Italian. And I said, oh, that's great. You should ask her where in Italy she she lived. Uh, and, and like my daughter, she said, wait, what? And I said, well, honey, if she speaks Italian, she's from Italy. Right. And I mean, this is, this is my five-year-old at this point, right? She's in kindergarten. She's, oh, she's from Italy? <laughs> you know, it's, She's just so little. It's just one of her friends on the playground, right? The, the, she doesn't even care where the, her friend's from. They just play together and have a good time. And mm -hmm. it's, so it's it's kind of fun. I think it might be one of those things that they, it kind of clicks for them later in life, maybe. But um, yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> that's awesome though. That's, that's exciting. And now that you guys have been, you're well established there and, and accustomed to everything, I'm sure that makes it easier and I'm sure it makes it easier for them and, and your whole family really, I'm sure. Um, well, definitely. I mean, it was kind of like the U.S., right? I mean, we all had different difficult um, school situations due to COVID. And uh, it was just hard starting the school year here without ha- the kids without having meeting any of their schoolmates in person. So and that went on for a couple of months. So that was that was difficult. Um, but after now they're in person and probably spent about half of the last school year in person as well. So great teachers. Um, actually, it's kind of like Maine, you know, small class sizes. It's really, it's really nice feel. That's awesome. What are some of the stuff that you're doing? Like, what are your primary responsibilities with your, with your new job? Yeah. So the part that ties to Maine, well, the, the whole thing ties together. So my job, my main job is um, military to military engagements. So anything that the U.S. military does in uh, in engagement-wise, and I know that's kind of a big term, but um, any visits, any exercise, you know, training um, with Montenegrin military all goes through me. So um, I have one Montenegrin woman who works with me. She's been in our office for about eight years. So really great continuity. Really um, helped me put my feet on my ground on the ground when I first got here. And, um, but yeah, so it's, it's more than just Maine and the state partnership that we have with Montenegro. So, although I would say Maine, uh, state partnership program, SPP, what we call it, um, is probably half the engagements. Um, so that's, that's really awesome that, that Maine National Guard is able to do that big of a lift, but we interact with U.S. Army Europe, U.S. Uh, Air Force Europe. Special Operations Command Europe. So I mean, just all the all these different big entities over in Europe. Um, just kind of managing all those different pieces. We we had the SEAL team here earlier this year. Uh, what well, one of the SEAL teams? So, yeah. So it's just like a whole wide range, and I'm I'm supposed to be able to talk intelligently and problem solve and everything from. IT and cyber to, to infantry, urban environment warfare. Uh, so, yeah, that's um, kind of wild. Yeah. So it's, I think my background kind of helped me with that. Although I, I'm not good at all with IT, even though I'm an engineer. So I'm sorry, but, uh, right. well, you get, so fake it till you make it's, it, right? it's been really helpful. Yeah. 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 So it's been really fun. Um, and, and I think I've actually gotten to know Maine National Guard as a whole even better um, because I, I mean, I'm interacting with people from all over the state of Maine and the Maine Guards. It's just been really interesting getting to know even better all of our awesome capabilities in Maine. That's cool. And, uh, you know, it, being able to network to, I mean, that's the biggest thing, right? Especially, especially now with, like we mentioned before with COVID, like being able to meet with and train with and, and work with other agencies and other organizations has got to be, that's got to be awesome, especially um, given your position, the diversity of people that you're meeting. And hopefully, hopefully you uh, brought a, um, a challenge coin rack with you. I'm sure you're meeting a lot of people and exchanging coin, <laughs> coins and stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, you know, yeah. and I've had, I've had a few experiences with liaison officers. I've had a couple, I think the first one I experienced was in Ethiopia, believe it or not. And it was a major. Oh yeah. Uh, army. I remember you said you were on that mission. Very cool. Yeah. And, and that's kind of why I asked you earlier, if you had a, an enlisted uh, person that you were working with, because the, we had, you know, in Ethiopia, these guys, this army, army major and, um, Navy E8. Oh, really interesting. They lived in like this big house and they had uh, like this, and when I say big, it was huge. And it was like in this, it was like they had it all to themselves and they had, you know, they worked at the embassy right down the road and um, it sounds very similar. But then I went to Malawi um, and the army uh, major that was there, he and his family had been there for two years and I don't think he had an enlisted helper, um, but but uh, it seemed, I remember thinking then, and this is before I met you and before I, I knew that, you know, before you got hired and selected for your, your awesome position, I remember thinking then, I was like, this is, this is pretty cool. Like the fact, if you're willing to, to move and, and expand your professional development and, and your, and your portfolio, that's, that's, that's quite the opportunity. 
Yeah, it's really fascinating. And, and that's the other cool thing. So outside of the, the main connection, um, there are four of us total military here, uh, U.S. military in Montenegro. And it's me and then we have a, a so me, Air Force, uh, National Guard. Um, my boss is Navy and he's a foreign area officer. So he's gone through couple of years worth of training to specialize in, you know, moving from country to country and working with foreign militaries. And he spent actually at this point, the majority of his career working in Europe with, with foreign um, navies and militaries. And then um, another 05, Army 05, who's also a foreign area officer. And then he has one enlisted assistance. So um, we have a, a E7 in the Army and, and the um, Army 05 work, Army Colonel work at the embassy, uh, whereas myself, and my boss, and then two uh, local staff, Montenegrins, work in the Montenegrin Ministry of Defense, which I, I know uh, for those of you who read Harry Potter, it sounds a little like uh, Harry Potter, so the Ministry of whatever, but uh, yeah. <laughs> that's what they call it. We're kind of like the UK system, right? And then, um, but, but that's basically their version of the Pentagon. So I work in the Montenegrin Pentagon, which wow. is just a huge honor and responsibility, right? I mean, I don't, there are very few foreigners who we allow to work in the Pentagon, even though the Pentagon is basically like a city. Mm. Uh, yeah. But I mean, and think much smaller scale, right? The the Montenegrin MOD is very small, but um, they're a small country. But it's it's really awesome that we get to be able to work there. I mean, we walk across the hall every day and talk to our our. Um, J5 or our international cooperation partners within the, the Montenegrin military. Um, so it's, it's an amazing opportunity. And I don't, I don't know about you, but to me, even just hearing what you're talking about is like spiking my anxiety levels. So I'm sure like you're, you know, you're, you're just, <laughs> just the, just the high profile position that it is. And, and the, yes. it, it's gotta be, that's gotta be wild, especially the first few months I would imagine. Um, yeah. I, I it still is honestly. I mean, so at, you and I were talking earlier, and and General Farnham was just here in Montenegro, and then I traveled with him to Croatia, and oh, wow. it was a conference of all the chiefs of defense for all the um, Balkan militaries, plus all the tags. So adjutant generals, like top ranking military officials for all of their state partners. Perfect. And um, it's like, I never get FaceTime with the tag normally, you know, like I've never talked to the tag before I had this position, you know, the head general in all of Maine. Right. And then there I am writing the talking points for the chief of defense of the Montenegrin military, writing the talking points for just other leaders and the deputy commander of Europe and what we want him to talk to Montenegro about. And it's just like, wow, this is, (laughs) I'm just a major in the Air Force National Guard. Like what, Mm. what? Thank God, thank God. I don't for, know if I'm qualified for this. Thank God for YouTube, you know, or, you know, or I say YouTube as a metaphor, but being able to look up things and how to do things. And yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Definitely my foreign area officer, uh, colonels and, and commander definitely helped me with some of that. They, they've had a lot more training in that than I have. So it was a, it was a fantastic learning experience, but um, yeah, definitely nerve wracking. <laughs> Half of it is just relationships too, right? So, I mean, if you if you sit there and think about, I represent the United States in military to military activities. I mean, that that can only almost just freeze you, right? Yeah, Analysis right. paralysis. Um, but you know, so just owning, right? When you when you mess it up or you don't know something. Um, I had to do that probably like three times a day. I had to present to the Montenegro and joint staff um, our our draft plan for fiscal year 23. <laughs> We're already planning that wow. far out. Yeah. And so, you know, you're just going down the list and I've put hours and hours of work into this with, with S- main SPP leaders, with, um, with leaders in, in Europe, uh, European command. And, you know, there's obviously always going to be something that you miss and, Oh, yep. Sorry about that, sir. You know, I'll, I'll get back to you and just 
being honest, transparent, um, reasonable, you know, take the time to ask them about their families at the beginning, talk about your favorite part of Montenegro, you know, your latest discovery of something awesome. And I, I mean, I found some of the best interactions are where I asked them, you know, my Montenegrin counterparts, even silly stuff like, uh, wh- where do I get uh, canning things to can? Right. <laughs> I know, I know Mainers like uh, canning and yeah. it turns out Montenegros do just as much. All Montenegrins have their own little garden or, you know, there someone in their family has a garden. They spend a significant amount of the fall That's canning awesome. or making wine and, and processing all that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, just, just the, Asking questions of my Montenegrin counterparts, even outside of, of the job and the day-to-day work, I just, I get, I get so many good finds and then we develop relationships and, um, it's been, it's been a really great experience. Yeah. And making, you know, again, networking and making those friends, then also, um, showing the, the eagerness to, to learn and adapt and become better. You know, there's a guy, um, I don't, you mentioned, it's, it's actually kind of interesting. You mentioned, um, earlier the. SEAL teams. Have, there's a there's a gentleman um, named Jocko Willink. Have you? I don't know if you've heard of mm, this gentleman yeah. before, but he his name rings a bell. Yeah. So he's a he's a former SEAL. So he he's big into um, uh, like leadership development seminars, and so he and his team now that he's out, he did 21 years, I think, and so he's out. He's reti- oh. fully retired, and and uh, and actually, believe it or not, he's from he's from Maine originally. Um, no way. He owns a business now, a couple of businesses actually. Um, one of them is called origin and it actually is out of Farmington. Wow. My whole point in bringing this up, I know it's a long winded story, but his, he, uh, he has written a couple of books and one of them is called extreme ownership. And it's about exactly what it sounds like. It's about owning everything that you do, whether it's good or bad, especially as a military, yeah. as a military leader. Oh yeah. And how that's important I for everybody. I to that so strongly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it just, I mean, it's almost that's as I, I tell the, all my bosses, I was like, that's my strength and my weakness is my extreme transparency. So like what you see is what you get. And then I'm also not very good at mincing words. And that probably comes from maybe being an engineer. <laughs> right, right. I'm way too logical to be uh, very politically spoken or um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's the best thing you can do as, as any leader, but as you said, especially in the military, I mean, just, just own it. I'm doing my 110% and I'm still going to miss stuff and that's okay. I can totally, um, own up to that. No, no problems here. There's no, there's no ego. Yep. I missed that. I'll follow up. Don't worry about it. So I, I think, I think it's working well for me here because even though I'm, I, Sometimes I see my, my poor counterparts cringe when I walk through the door like, oh boy, you know, there's more work to be done. And I'll, you know, after we finish like a big uh, engagement or, you know, the, as the generals leave or whatever, it's like, hey, you know, guys, I know that was a lot of work. I really appreciate your help. And they're like, Carolyn, it was a lot of work, but we really appreciate it because we know that you're passionate. And I was like, yes, <laughs> yes. That's awesome. See, that's a good thing. <laughs> a little annoying, yeah. but super passionate. <laughs> And there's a hidden message here, I think, with within, you know, that I, I just kind of dawned on me that in this this conversation that we're having, the bigger message is obviously like the story and, and, and your success and what you're doing over there and, and what your take on it. But I think the hidden there's a hidden message there as well that is stepping outside your comfort zone. So and that, that's a hidden message for everybody, not just in the main air guard, but anybody in general in life is that you and your family took a leap of faith you're experiencing this amazing experience and something that you have no background in prior really. Um, and, and you're learning as you go. And this is building your, that portfolio. And as you said, your professional development and someday when you come back or, or if you, wherever you transition to, this is going to be a huge notch on, you know, the proverbial, uh, um, belt type of thing where you can, you can move forward and you're going to have this and you're going to always remember it. And, and I think that there's a hidden message for kind of a, I guess the best way to put it would be, um, inspiration, you know, inspiration for junior enlisted, inspiration for junior officers, inspiration for senior officers or senior NCOs. It doesn't matter who you are that to step outside that comfort zone. And that, and that, um, you know, not to be negative by any means, but bank or main is not the end all tell all type of type of thing. Um, and, and to be able to no, move I, forward, I, you know? Yeah. I, 
that was, you summarized all of that way better than I could. And um, the only other thing that comes to mind is I know resilience is kind of a buzzword right now. And I think sometimes in the military you might roll your eyes because we have to, we have to sit through, you know, quarterly or monthly talks about resilience. But I really think that is important. And part of that is just not being scared to fail. And again, small fail, right? We Sometimes in the military, we talk small fail versus big fail. Um, you know, small fail, oh, no, I let, you know, this engagement, uh, you know, slip through my fingers until two weeks before. Gosh, I should have started this uh, four weeks before instead of two weeks before. That's totally my bad. I'm going to, you know, rush to fix it. it. I mean, so, but just being ready. I, I remember um, one of the things, I almost missed one of my, again, this was 2020, right? So it was com all these virtual conferences. And I had seen, you know, something was kind of on some list to some to-do list from um, the prior physician and person in my position. And I just didn't know what that acronym stood for. I was like, I don't know. And no one's talked to me about this. This shouldn't be very important. And so like two days before I finally asked them, you know, what, what is this? And they were, you, oh, that's a conference. You haven't coordinated for that yet. You had, and you think it was kind of like, oh, well, at this point, I've been in the job a month, maybe a month and a half. And you're saying, okay, yep, I, uh, I messed that up. But, but don't worry, I will be at the conference virtually, of course, and uh, I'll take lots of notes <laughs> and I'll fix it. I'll fix it later. So, yeah, actually, it was super funny. I, it was a, um, an Austrian lieutenant colonel was on that and he was clearly like some special operations mountain warfare guru type and I, again i was representing the united states at this conference and they were planning you know all these different parts of mountain warfare and they're saying well obviously we'll snow shoe to this position you know and i'm, I'm like I'm, a, I'm from maine i can talk you know winter warfare no big deal and i'm like yeah yeah, yeah snowshoe i'm with you i'm with you and then he's like but then obviously we'll then switch to skis at this point and we'll ski in formation pulling the sleds and I just, what? at that point it was like this is so over my head right now so i'm just scribbling notes like mad and I'm smiling and nodding and he tried asking me a couple of technical questions and I asked just sir I I am not a mountain warfare specialist <laughs> I'm gonna we we have a number of them though in Maine so I'm I'm gonna get back to you uh so yeah have you I ever heard so of Ella Bean at that conference yeah sir I'll pick you up a a nice basket of Ella Bean <laughs> things afterwards yeah that's awesome <laughs> it was funny but you know, that's, uh, you know, it's better than what I would do. I'd probably just, I'd probably sit there and just nod and just like think to myself, I'm, I'm in, what's a, I'm, I'm in danger. I'm in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I was totally thinking that the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, at least you were taking notes. That's a good thing. But yeah. Yep. Um, so what are the, some of the high ticket items, like some of the, the bigger projects that you've worked on since you've been there and some of the more better, like the bigger things that you're, you're proud to have accomplished? Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess, you know, being that I'm air guard, so I, I'm going to speak a little bit to that first. So, and an engineer. So we already touched on this a little bit, but it has turned out to be so much paperwork and so much lobbying that I had to do to kind of keep this project alive. Um, so I, I am proud of it from that perspective. And I'm, I'm proud of the work that the main air guard engineers have done. So they're in Bangor, but they still, you know, remotely designed this project, you know, got on all their different geo mapping things, uh, got on AutoCAD, designed it up, presented it to Montenegro again, all virtually because this was going on, uh, during the winter of 20. One so th this past winter, but you know things were still completely locked down. So I was just, and I'm just really proud of the work that they did. Uh, we ended up being able to get them to come out and actually meet their Montenegrin engineer counterparts, see the site. See, obviously the design has changed a little. You know, we've changed some things, but they did a pretty amazing job for working virtually. Um, I, it was just, it's cool. Yeah, I mean, you know that your military can do it, you know, put us in a crazy, um, you know, situation and we'll be able to get some good work done, but it was so awesome to see. So really proud of them and, and the work we put into that. And I'm again, fingers crossed, hopefully April of 22, we'll actually uh, do the project. Um, That's cool. Communications and cyber uh, is really a huge, huge effort. And 
I can't, I, again, I can't take any credit for this. This is, I just, as we say, facilitate, but I, I keep the relationships going, right? So I, I kind of organize the expertise and the experts. I get them together and they do great work. It's, it's awesome. Um, but we've had a longstanding, really, really strong uh, relationship between cyber experts in Maine and in Montenegro. And it's, it's, you can tell they're just such good friends. And, and those are the lines of activity that we have that are the strongest when people, as I said, take the time to talk to each other about their family and, you know, and just share personal experiences. It's really fun to watch them work because when they get down to work, they work so much more efficiently because they're already on the same wavelength, mm -hmm. even though we're from completely different cultures and, and countries. So um, the cyber is great and um, chief, that's Chief Moncrief over on the Army Guard has really been uh, spearing, spearheading that for a, a long time. And he helped um, facilitate introductions on the Air Guard side because we're, we're starting a more of a, an IT, I guess you could call it, but communications focus as well because we've done so well with cyber. And, and in the military, we, we kind of lump them all. They're from the same kind of office or a larger department. Um, so in Montenegro, we're kind of switching focus, maintaining cyber, but moving forward in general communications, you know, radios, deployable radios. So anything from, you know, sat phones to, um, uh, let's see, you know, my IT is completely failing me. All, all of those communications <laughs> assets. Yeah. It's really awesome. So I, I'm really uh, proud of their work. We're linking in with some bigger um, part of what my office does. So not me, but the U.S. Office of Defense Cooperation is what I work in. And part of that is controlling any um, military purchases uh, that are done between Mil uh, Montenegro and the U.S. So um, Montenegro just purchased 67 JLTVs, which are basically up armored uh personnel movers right wow. so just moving people from point a to point b huge up armored um very impressive uh u.s units are just getting uh jail tvs now so montenegro actually beat most of the united wow. states military yeah it's like the new it's the new cool vehicle to have if you're in the military um is it similar so that's to like a, really awesome oh, i'm sorry is it is it similar yeah, like an mrap yeah exactly MTV. okay all of those things that's exactly cool. yep same same flavor um like a bigger humvee for anyone out there still like what are we talking about um so that's been fun so spp uh, main mainers are involved with helping them um on the communications for that obviously that's huge you can't do anything with them if you can't use the radio um but also we're going to be helping uh with not actually doing maintenance so anytime i'm saying helping it's usually just expert exchanges so you know here's what we do in maine or the united states that works really well in this area how are you doing it montenegrins will say oh well this is how kind of how we do it but i kind of like pieces of what you guys do and we kind of just exchange expertise is, is really what happens sometimes we work on um, policies together uh, you know forming them refining them and, and sometimes it's more just skill based you know two guys under a, a jail tv together saying nah i wouldn't do that instead i would fix it this way or oh I, when i drive the jail tv it, it it performs better when i do X, Y, and Z. So not training per se, but expertise sharing, which is, is really fun. Wow. Um, it is a, after all, it's a state partnership, right? That word partnership, I right. guess that makes sense. Right. Mm, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. So uh, like, for example, New Jersey partners with Albania. So um, uh, Michigan partners with Croatia. So we, we all kind of stay, uh, and I think it's Vermont is with Kosovo. This is now we're, now we're testing my knowledge here, but um, <laughs> so it's, it's fun. Every state has their own country. And so here regionally, we try and stay in communication with what the other states are doing in the other countries in this region. Um, other countries are getting JLTVs. So we're hoping to do some regional initiatives. That will be really awesome. Um, but, but yeah. So, so anyways, those, those are just a kind of a taste of some of the, the interesting things we're doing here as Mainers in Montenegro. You know, I didn't even know about the state partnership program 
until I came up here and worked for public affairs. Like I, did, I literally had no idea. So it's one of those cool things that, you know, maybe, uh, you know, as new recruits, maybe re- recruiters could be, you know, talking about that. And they may, they may be doing oh, that. Oh, definitely. Because you, so, definitely. Yeah. People like you and your experiences and, and what you've been able to, um, endure. Yeah. And, and as you said, your, your brothers even come over. I mean, so it's mm. not, I mean, my position, super cool. I mean, right. Crazy, difficult, super cool. Um, but even just you know, experts within their field in Maine, uh, we, we probably have uh, on a normal year. So non COVID year. And I'm hoping at some point post COVID year, you know, like a good 15 events a year or so. And I mean, that's usually four to five Mainers involved in each of those events and some of it's good and it's it's funny so speaking of some of the main uh guardsmen out there sometimes i think people are like oh you know why why do the same people get to do the the events over and over again you know share the love and i i definitely ascribe to that to to a certain extent on the other hand if you if you flip the script and look at it from a montenegrin perspective if they have to deal with a completely new set again experts Definitely, we only send, you know, people who are experts in their field. We have a lot of them. Like, just looking at um, comms, we have a ton of communication experts in Maine, which is really awesome. It says great things about our program. But if Montenegro has to re-explain their strengths and weaknesses and re-explain, you know, where they're coming from culturally, uh, from a budget perspective, from a personnel perspective, at every single event, it really, it, it, it makes the event not worthwhile, really, at the end of the day. And it, it, it's funny, it, that's kind of the difficulty I have with um, Special Operations Command Europe, right? We are Special Operations, and we think, wow, that's awesome. You special forces guys coming in. And yeah, it, it is really cool, and they are efforts in their field. But I have to give them, I, I mean, I have to spend hours with them virtually to prep for engagements because they come in for six, oh, they don't actually come to Montenegro for six months, but they come to Europe for six months mm-hmm. and then they're gone again. So I only get a couple, couple of engagements with these people. So anyway, so it's really helpful with Maine, Mainers. They educated me on Montenegro. They told me, you know, here are their strengths and weaknesses before I even went to Montenegro. And that way, it, so that's the flip side of the coin. I guess that was kind of a a long explanation. So we tell them, you know, we want two points of contact, you know, primary and alternate in, in this line of activity, whether it's communications or cyber or engineers, but then yeah, switch out to other people, you know, because we do want to share the love. We want to spread the word about how awesome Montenegro is, how awesome Maine is, how, how great of a partnership we have, but we do need continuity at the same time. So Anyway. Right. And that's, so again, that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with, uh, with, with, uh, I mean, well, you just said it yourself, like sharing, sharing the love type of thing. But, it, but the, the fact of the matter is that everybody has an opportunity to do something similar. And I think that that's kind exactly. of one of those hidden messages, right? Is that, um, right. you're a perfect example of, of again, stepping out the, outside your comfort zone and, and, and not, and, and then jumping into something that you don't, you weren't, all that experienced with. And that's, that's kind of, everybody has been there. Like there isn't one person, one leader out there in the world that wasn't uncomfortable at some point, you know, in, in their, in their career right. field or in their, in their career path, yeah. I guess. But, um, that's, that's and then, um, Oh, sorry. Oh, no, yeah. And, and I was just going to say another common question I get is kind of, you know, I, I, I think again, from the, the U S perspective, sometimes we get to, you know, and so, okay, so I see how we're helping Montenegro, but how are we helping Maine? And um, I, I understand that question. At the same time, I think it's kind of coming from the, the wrong angle, right? Because really, at the end of the day, we are doing expert exchanges. So number one, to be an expert and to go explain and talk to somebody else about your your standard practices, how you handle and lead and your skill sets, and your, I mean, that's right. I think we sometimes talk about that, that's, that helps you learn your own craft by having to teach it, right? That's often what we do for mid-level NCOs or mid-level officers right. to make them teach a class, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's the same, it's the same level of thing. It's great for you to be an expert, but if you can't explain it or pass along any of those skills to anybody else, then that's, that's not helpful. That's not useful. So I think it helps us 
as as experts and professionals. But also, I mean, there is not one person who comes to Montenegro who doesn't learn something. And, and I think it's actually also sometimes a good reminder for us because sometimes um, they're doing a lot of things the way that we would consider old school. And, you know, sometimes we'll, we'll roll our eyes at it. But, I mean, a lot of our senior NCOs will remind us like well we're way too reliant upon this computer mm. or whatever computer system we're using to track personnel or to track logistics or yeah. x y and z and we don't know how to actually do it out in a deployed environment out in the field out training um and so often that's kind of what montenegro can help us help remind us you know um plus it also just helps us put us in a different mindset which i i think is helpful for deployments in general, right? To deploy and to work in a different environment, you need to be more open-minded. You need to think outside the box. You can't get used to your same office, your same computer, your same, you know, everything. everything you know, sometimes we just get too comfortable. Um, and as leaders, we can't, we shouldn't be set in our ways and comfortable. Um, so that, that kind of helps. That it helps broaden us, I think. One of the the upsides of being, you know, in an active duty environment is that you're kind of forced to to PCS and to travel a little bit more than if you spent right. 20 years in Bangor, Maine, and, and then all of a sudden you're on year 19 and you get tasked with your first deployment and you get a it's you're not, <laughs> and then you know all the active duty young troops are looking at looking to you for guidance because you're the senior. You know, right. guy or gal and, and then you're and you're like well this is my first deployment you know so having yeah. stepping outside that comfort zone and doing you know doing um that uncomfortable thing to 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 for that you know like you said earlier for career progression is you're huge. right and, i think it's really helpful for the guard yeah but to to speak up for the guard at the same time though i think it's so much easier for montenegrins to work with national guard members than it is for active duty members especially and i was active duty army so i can i can hate on them a little uh they come <laughs> yeah. in and and they have a much huger perspective i mean just huge perspective because the active duty army in the u.s is humongous so they come in and, you know, they, well, it's just like a completely different mindset. So sometimes I think they just, and, and sometimes the op tempo, like their, their intensity is just not way too high. It's just much higher than Montenegrins. Not that Montenegrins aren't passionate. They, they are hugely passionate people, but it's just, it's almost two completely different cultures. I think is what I'm, I'm trying to say from a professional perspective. So while, I, I can tell Montenegrins really like having active duty um, army come and it's, it's really great to work with them because they, they know they're going to deploy at, and they have. They, they, Montenegro sent um, probably almost a third of their force to Afghanistan to deploy. Um, so they've had a, a lot of interactions, yeah, with active duty army. But when it comes to bringing expertise and trying to apply it to what they're doing in Montenegro, it's just it's completely different. So that's where the guard shines. I mean, truly. At first, I was kind of, not that I was skeptical, I just had nothing, no basis. But now that I've seen it in person, in in-person engagements between the two, it, it always kind of makes me chuckle. Um, and then the National Guard comes in and is like, nah, I wouldn't do it like active duty. This is how we do it. And Montenegro is just like, ah, uh, yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> so it's yeah it's really cool it, it's cool how again it's given me an appreciation for total force military. well if anybody knows you know that firsthand it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's you the gentleman that we had on this the last podcast that we did he, he's a 19 almost 20 year um security forces mass sergeant and he he's kind of leading the wow. program on innovation um on, on down there with a with oh a, with yeah yeah Awesome. Yeah. We've been doing some good stuff in that in Maine. Oh, it's wild. Yeah. And they, you know, just not to get too sidetracked with it, but he's, his, um, (laughs) you know, they, they, his, his program is like a virtual reality, um, you know, uh, uh, firearms simulator type thing where you know it, it's just it's wow. it's insane when you when you come back you, you'll have to That's get a hold fun. of those guys and try it out because it is i was kind of skeptical yeah. and i was I'm like, gonna have oh. to listen to this podcast yeah yeah <laughs> and uh, i was like yeah you know i don't know like it seems kind of weird it seems like it's a video game or something and then i went down and tried it and i was like okay i can see how this is beneficial because they they kind of remapped they remap they're, they're they have the ability to remap buildings like like so say um oh, for, so cool. 486 yep. is that ce yep. right um if they if they remapped ce virtually and then kind of in, in, implanted an active shooter and then how would you respond 
um, to go neutralize a threat. And it, it's really kind of crazy. But anyway, one of the things that we talked about was the beauty of the Air National Guard or the Guard in general is that, say, for in security forces, um, their case or whatever, but you have, you know, all these traditionals, you have 100 cops down there and say, say 70% of them are civilian law enforcement, you know, and whether mm-hmm. you're a sheriff's deputy or a state you know, trooper or you're a local, you know, Bangor PD or you're a federal agent or you're whatever. Um, everybody has a different way that they're taught on how to say like handcuff somebody. Everybody has a different way. And then you have the Air Force way and then you have the Army way and then you have the Marine Corps way. So you get everybody in this room kind of talking about how to properly handcuff somebody. Um, and right. <laughs> none of them's wrong, but they're all different. Right. You know, so that's, the, yep. and to my in my mind, like that is one of the beauties of, of the guard is that you have all this. And you know what? And I'm, I'm preaching the choir because in CE, like you guys are, you guys bring this crazy amount of experience, engineering experience, you know, uh, builders, carpenters, electricians, and you learn, they learn from their civilian entities. Then they learn the air force way. And then they kind of combine that knowledge and it makes it a stronger fighting force versus like say active duty where it's just the air force way and that's it. Um, and so being able to bring that, that, that expertise in my mind, I guess, thinking about it this way, being able to bring that, um, those skills and those professions, like say to Montenegro and, and partner up with their, their folks and then learn and, and teaching it. It just, I feel like it's a better way to learn, um, to your yeah, point. You I, know. No, I, I, I definitely agree. And, and again, we're trying to think, um, Again, it's in some of the trial phases, but I'm trying to think some active duty experts with SPP experts with Montenegrins all in one engagement. And we've been able to do that in a couple of um, different, we call it lines of activity, but, you know, kind of a focus, you know, whereas a cyber would be a focus line of activity. Um, And that's just been also really awesome. I mean, just adding in a third perspective, as you said. Then, you know, active duty is learning from guard, guards learning from Montenegro, Montenegro is learning from everyone. Um, it's, it's just awesome. It's, and of course I'm learning, I'm over there in the corner, like taking notes half the time. We've been doing a lot of, uh, public, uh, diplomacy or, or public, um, outreach, uh, Hmm. engagements quarterly, uh, really trying to help Montenegro with their, uh, strategic communication campaign. Hmm. Um, but you know, public outreach type stuff. Wow. And, uh, you really are doing public affairs of, stuff, huh? Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Well, we'll have to talk later. Um, we have some, we have some good plans, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just learning so much. It's, it's been really, really fun. Um, mm. last shout out is that, um, this December 7th is the 15 year anniversary for SPP relationship between Maine and Montenegro. So wow. we're really, really excited. Uh, we're hoping to do something, um, you know, a, a virtual kind of celebration on or um, on the actual day. And then about two months later, uh, hopefully either get the tag to Montenegro or the Chad chief of defense of Montenegro over to Maine and do an in-person, you know, really, really celebrate and, and do some key leader engagements um, on to, to celebrate the 15 years. So um, it's, it's an honor to be here on, on that. And it's, it's kind of helpful uh, to have something to celebrate after COVID. You know, I think we've all kind of dragged on and it was a good year, a year and a half of, you know, no in-person engagements between Maine and Montenegro. Actually, I think it was only a year and year and two months, I think. Hmm. Um, but still that was, that was kind of, that was a really hard time to come in as a BAO, you know, halfway through that just, uh, okay, I represent Maine, but Maine hasn't been here for six months. You know, we, we haven't seen each other. Uh, so you know, where some lines of activity kind of not died off, but it, it was it was just kind of a good time to relook at the whole program and say, okay, what's working really well? Let's continue that. What do we not need anymore? And what can we um, mature and progress forward? So um, we're hoping to kind of take a little time to celebrate that, make some plans for the future, and uh, really hoping actually to do a um, a public affairs campaign, you know, do some social media posts, you just, just get the word out both in Maine and in Montenegro of how awesome, right. I I think even the U S we forget what NATO is, right. But some of our NATO alliances, so across the Atlantic ocean our military alliances, and that's what really brings us together. So hoping to do kind of a a campaign over, over the winter um, when things are a little quieter, both, both in Maine and Montenegro, just remind everyone what, what, 
awesome experiences and, and friendships uh, people have developed over the years. So hoping to spotlight some of the people who have been involved in the program for a really long time. Yeah. Let us know what we can do to help with that. Cause that sounds like that, that sounds interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I have one more question for you. Uh, the, the uh, yeah. <laughs> and again, I, I think I said this before we hit record, but I'm just kind of winging this. Um, I don't actually have questions in front of me in case you're wondering. Um, but uh, I'm just kind of going on this is a normal conversation. Uh, you know, and that's the thing, right? Is that when we first started doing this, it was like, here's a qu- here's like five questions and I'd email it to you and we'd rehearse it and it just sounded right. so robotic, you know? Um, but, right, uh, right, right. but, uh, uh, so my last question is, do you have any advice or maybe some uh, insight on, um, on maybe people who, uh, you know, may feel stagnant that may feel like they're not, when I say people, I mean, um, you know, people here at the wing, if they, if they feel, um, like they're, they're not, uh, being challenged enough as far as like maybe stepping outside their comfort zone and go trying something new, kind of like what you did, trying something different and stepping outside your comfort zone. Um, what advice would you give to someone like that? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think I kind of went through a phase like that, you know, after it's, uh, after your first couple of years of entering, um, the military and, you know, you're all jazzed up at the beginning. You went to your, you went to your training for your specialty and, Oh yeah, this is going to be, and and it is awesome. But you know, after a couple of years of doing it and you're just, Oh, okay. You know, it's just, I see the, the, you see the positives and the negatives and it's all kind of the same. And especially in the national guard, it can get very the same. And I, but I do know that a number of people kind of, okay, how do I shake this up a little bit? Um, I know for me, I, I think what was big for me, I finally realized I needed to reach out and find my own mentor. So that's what at, uh, back in CE, uh, actually, so two things. So number one, find your own mentor. And then number two, map out your career. So, and I know this sounds crazy. And so, but I would work with um, my, my enlisted who worked underneath me um, back at the wing, uh, back at the wing in, in civil engineer squadron. Um, I, I encouraged them to do both of those. So I gave them, it's kind of like a one slide. It sounds super nerdy, but one slide. All right. So here's, you know, map what your normal progression would be because sometimes you you often forget you know when do i need to do what professional steps by in order that i get promoted or in order for me to get considered for um first sergeant or for in order for me to get you know all of those things right you just kind of forget and you find yourself doing the sameness over and over again if you're not looking at the big fit like where do i want to go so then, so I'd have the map, you know, what, what would kind of normal look like, like a good normal career in your specialty or AFSC. And then right below it, do something crazy, like just a little different. So let's say, you know, I, anyways, that, and that's different for everybody, right? What they consider uh, crazy or not, you know, let's say like throw in a broadening assignment, throw in an AFSC change, you know, as, was there something that's also after 10 years, I'm going to switch over to X, Y, and Z. I think that's helpful to see. You need to map it out. You need to be honest with yourself about the uh, options. You know, okay, so I make a certain rank. Are is there any room for me here at the squadron? Am I going to have to change AFSC? Like, and don't be that way. You're not necessarily surprised by it. You see it coming, um, and you can do your own research. But then, some, I mean, sometimes you don't know where to go. Get yourself a mentor. I mean. I, I remember as a lieutenant, I didn't feel confident enough to bother someone higher ranking than me to be my mentor. But by the time I hit captain, I was like, no, nope, you know, no one's going to care about your career other than you. Mm-hmm. And and there are plenty of people who want to help you. They just don't realize that you need their help or, you know, we're, we're all kind of caught in the same sameness every day, the busy. If you tap someone on the shoulder and say, hey, you know, you, I would love to meet with you once a quarter over lunch and just talk about career stuff. <laughs> I mean, I know almost no one who would say no to that. You know, of course, that's awesome. So get yourself a mentor. Think outside the box. You know, think some of those crazy thoughts um, with somebody and, and get their take on it. And, and honestly, that was huge for getting me to this position. You know, I kind of started just oh yeah, that could, position could be interesting because I have this background and I did this in college in Honduras and this in college in Slovakia. And, you know, my mentor was like, uh, Carolyn, you would be perfect for this position. <laughs> and it kind of takes it from that p- part where you're like, oh, I don't really, you know, you're not necessarily confident in yourself yet. Oh, you're right. No, this, this could be really good fit. Yeah. Um, so anyways, that's what I'd say. 
That's awesome. No, that's, that's great advice. And I think that, uh, especially coming from somebody who is in the position that you're in now and, and, and get, and also given your background, you know, and it it's, goes without saying too, that I think, you know, once you, you know, once, once you do come back, you know, as long as they don't, they don't, you know, recruit you over there for a full 20 year career, you know, they come, come <laughs> once, once you do come back, you know, that's, it's just going to be one more, one more thing that you can add to your, to your, um, to your experiences. And I think that it just, it's a great, it really is. A, it's got to be an awesome experience for, for you yeah, and then definitely. for any, whoever comes after you, you know, that that's, that's, uh, that's huge. Yeah. I, I've been taking notes. Yeah. I'm really excited for, you know, recruiting the, my replacement, even though, you know, I'm, I'm not even halfway through yet, but very excited. I think they'll advertise for my position sometime early spring of 22. So February, March timeframe. Yeah. So I'm hoping I'm coming back to Maine around that timeframe as well, do a couple of info sessions. And it's not even just me. I mean, there, there are a number of people still in the guard who held my position before. So get all of us together, do some info sessions because um, that, that, that's the best way to learn, get the message out. Um, Big podcast. Yeah. And then yeah. I also, yeah, yeah, the podcast, definitely. And then in person, I want to reach out to leaders. I, I know we have a number of leaders who are kind of, you know, why are we, why are my airmen and soldiers getting distracted from my, you know, the, the main mission to do SPP? What, what is this? So definitely, you know, I, I just want to be an open book. Ask me all the questions. Ask me all your, your concerns. Um, it, it's a great program and I'm, I'm proud of it. But uh, the last thing I do have to say is I really miss a good pumpkin spice latte. So I just <laughs> want to tell all you Mainers to really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I tried ordering myself some pumpkin coffee online and got it got a chip to me and mm. took multiple weeks and it's just it's just not the same no they don't so, uh they, yep. they they probably you know we, we open this talking about coffee and caffeine we'll close it talking about coffee and caffeine but they, they don't <laughs> we, we have to that's what runs the world yeah right? exactly <laughs> yeah exactly as i'm sitting here talking to you and i, I just finished a like an extra large cold, cold brew I black yeah know. Yeah. 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 I need you to appreciate your coffee while it's in your hand. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure they, they probably don't do like flavored coffee and stuff over there, do they? No, um, no. I mean, so it is, I do have to say, I've never appreciated like the whole espresso thing before special machine, but cappuccino I've never liked them before. They do them really well here, but that's all they do. But that, that is it. I know, um, a few years ago, actually I was with CE and we were, um, heading overseas somewhere and I, I and anyway we stopped in crete and we we're in um which i guess is greece and so we, we were we were in some local cafe and they you know i'd ordered a coffee and it was like in a four ounce coffee cup and i was like what is this and, but it was very pretty and it was frothy and it looked great and i was like wow this is this is nice but um this isn't gonna do it and then you know, but it's yeah, just, that's the, that's what they, you know, <laughs> Americans drink, um, a gallon of coffee, you know, in one sitting and, and these guys drink four ounces, you know, it's just the, but no, it's, it, yeah. it is, it's completely different. And there's some things that we've definitely transitioned over to really well. And we're like, Oh yeah, this is, this is great. I don't miss it. And our other things are just like, no, especially during fall. I miss Maine fall. Yeah, it is. It's nice out right oh, now. Well. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's like 40. It was 40 I when I came in and it's like, it'll be at like mid sixties today with the leaves are all turned. It looks awesome. Wow. But not to rub in your face or anything, but yeah, um, yeah that's no, cool. That's okay. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll remember that. Yeah. Uh, writing this down. Um, well, I appreciate your time yeah. and I appreciate what you're doing. I'll, um, I'll chat with you for a quick second after, after I stop hitting record, but, um, but yeah, is, is there anything you'd like to add, ma'am? No, that's it. Thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time to highlight SPP and all the good work Mainers are doing here. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime we'll have to, and if we'll do this again, I'm sure we'll, we'll maybe we'll figure something else out. Maybe we'll talk about, um, I don't know. I'm just kind of speaking out loud here, but maybe, maybe the, uh, your, uh, the CE's newest, uh, uh, EOD unit. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. I would definitely say next time around, we should interview some of the people who have been doing this for a while and they can just share what they've done in Montenegro. It's, it's, that Mainers have done great things. That would, that would be cool is getting. Yeah. Even some of your your coworkers, your Montenegrin coworkers, that would be awesome to get them. Like maybe like a three yeah. three way three way conversation or something. 
It's funny because some of them probably know more meters than I do. Mariana asks me all the time, oh, don't you know, you know, so-and-so? <laughs> No. Oh, really? yeah. Yeah. oh yeah he's been in the main army guard for years it's like oh boy you know more meaners than i do how is this possible <laughs> knows their family knows where they're from yeah all that yeah, stuff. yeah exactly no that's seriously cool. that's awesome well i appreciate your time awesome. i look forward to talking again thanks appreciate it thanks again to major carolyn richley for taking the time out of her busy schedule to do this interview i think it goes without saying that once she returns to maine the plethora man that's a weird word the vast amount of knowledge she'll bring to the table is going to be pretty cool to see. And I almost forgot to mention that she's the first female and airman to take this position for the Maine Air National Guard. For the Maine National Guard, really. I think it's typically been a male soldier who's been in that role. So she's making history. It's pretty cool. But the message is here is that if you want it, you have the capability of making history as well. Remember the key messages from this interview. Don't be afraid to step outside your comfort zone, for one. And when you do, be sure you have access to some stellar to-go coffee. Drill weekend is here. Be sure to make the most of it. Train, retrain, train some more, right? Don't forget we have a Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Divids. We have, all, we have it all. We have it all. Just Google it. We're there. 101STARW, that's our hashtag. Again, that's hashtag 101STARW. The recruiters have their own social media pages as well. Just Google Maine Air National Guard Recruiting, and you'll see their social media pages show up. You can send them messages. Be sure to drop them some likes, follow their pages, and share those as well. Get the word out. Help spread the word. hunting season is here. I don't want to forget to mention that if you are out in the woods and you are hunting, please be safe at all times. Wear your orange, your blaze orange. And you would think for somebody who works in Photoshop on almost a daily basis, I could tell you exactly what shade or color code that orange is, but I don't, I don't know. So you can either Google it or get with the safety office and let you know. They'll tell you. Maybe I'll put a reference note the description of this podcast maybe not we'll see that's it that's all i have stay safe out there take care of yourselves take care of each other so long for now